Did you know that nearly nine out of 10 home buyers say they'd use a buyer's agent when purchasing a home again? Buyer representation really matters when there's 111 to-dos. Visit Realtor.com slash Buyer Agent Toolkit and spread the word. Buyer agents are essential. You know, if you if you take a look at um, the companies that are public or that have gone public, um, hasn't gone so well for a lot of them. You know, one of our competitors, uh, you know, Compass, Compass, obviously, stock has struggled a little bit over the last, uh, you know, since they went public. And the difficulty we see in being a public company is the, you know, the, the public market pressures that force you to make decisions that aren't necessarily in the best interest of the company long term. We don't feel that, 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 that a public offering right now, at least, is, is in the best interest of our uh, of our people. Um, you know, we feel like having more flexibility to to do the right thing long term, as a part as opposed to worrying about your kind of each quarterly earnings report and what is it going to do to your stock and how are the shareholders going to react. It's a tough it's a tough road. If things are going great. Everything's great, obviously, yeah. but you know when things are tough, and, and and our business is a cyclical business. You know, real estate brokerage is an up and down business. You're going to have up years, and you're going to have down years, and you have to learn to weather the down years, and you have to be okay with the fact that you're not going to have this this constant up 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 uh, upward pressure for for growth and, and growth of earnings. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Tracy Velt, Editorial Director of Real Trends, interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share their trends, their secrets to success, and the lessons they've learned navigating this ever-changing industry. Welcome to a special edition of Real Trending. Today, we're featuring our senior real estate reporter, Matthew Blake, interviewing Mike Golden, who is the co-CEO of App Properties. He talks a lot about their growth plans, where they're moving into, whether they're going public and how soon, and gives us a little background into some of the expansion that they're doing and the recent Christie's International acquisition. So enjoy the podcast. Hi, and welcome to a special episode of Real Trending. I am Matthew Blake, senior real estate reporter with Housing Wire, moonlighting for Tracy Velt, who has very kindly handed over the keys to the Real Trending podcast. So the reason I'm here, here in air quotes, is because I recorded a very interesting conversation with Mike Golden, who is the CEO of At Properties. As listeners may know, App Properties is the Chicago brokerage powerhouse, and it is expanding across the country. In September, Tracy interviewed Mike and co-CEO Thad Wong about App Properties growth. Well, since then, the company's expansion has included perhaps its biggest move outside Chicago, acquiring Christie's International Real Estate a New York City-based brokerage with a presence in 48 countries. So I discussed with Mike this purchase. We also discussed why App Properties, for all its growth talk, has yet to go public. And Mike and I examined the company's ability to bring its customers into its mortgage joint venture. And also, we looked at the tricky economics of ever making a profit in brokerage. I hope you enjoy this special episode of Real Trending. 
So we are here now with Mike Golden. He is the CEO of App Properties. Mike, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. Um, appreciate it. Sure. Um, yeah. So, Mike, what is App Properties? Uh, that's a loaded question. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, App Properties is a residential brokerage company. Um, you know, originally based in Chicago, still based in Chicago, originally started in Chicago. And um, we've expanded now into multiple different markets nationally. And now, then more recently with our acquisition of the Christie's International Real Estate brand, um, we have, uh, you know, our presence in international markets as well. But, you know, fundamentally at Properties is a place where people can come and um, grow their business, you know, grow their real estate brokerage business and feel supported and feel um, that they're getting the best tools, the best value, the best support in the industry. Yeah, the Christie's acquisition was interesting. So you acquired them in November. And, and so how does that fit into what App Properties does, which I think historically, you know, you've mostly been in Chicago and now you're, I guess, across the world. So how does that fit into your business plan? Uh, it's, it was a great opportunity for us. We viewed it as a once in a career opportunity to be able to um, have access to and, and own a, a brand like that. Essentially, we bought the Christie's International Real Estate Network from the auction house, and then we licensed the Christie's International Real Estate name for the next hundred years, essentially. So um, they, you know, they still own the brand, but um, we essentially have control of it for a lot longer than my partner and I will be here, or probably anyone who's working for us will be here. So. We, uh, it, for us, it was an incredibly exciting opportunity. We started our business in Chicago back in 2000, and we were a Chicago-based brokerage company. Um, we expanded into the suburban markets um, back in the last downturn, 2009, 2010 timeframe, um, and then got into second home markets. So we're, you know, we were in Wisconsin, Michigan, and Indiana, servicing mm -hmm. largely second home markets from Chicago, and, and then you know some primary markets, but but focused on that second home market initially. Um, in in uh, 2018, you know, for the first time, we took an investor on. Thad, uh, Thad and I had started the business ourselves and never had an investor um, or anything beforehand, um, but saw an opportunity for us to expand our brand outside of the, the Midwest kind of region that we had created yeah. and um, has since bought um, a company in Atlanta um, that uh, are invested in a company in Atlanta called Ansley that we, are, we own with Bono Ansley, the founder of that business. And took the opportunity to bring our technology, our platform to them. Um, also invested and bought a company in Virginia that uh, was a smaller business, but had a, a franchise brand called Nest. And same thing, kind of the idea of bringing our technology platform to them to help them grow their business. Um, and then uh, about a year and a half ago, um, brought in an individual named Chris Lim, who had a hmm. experience both building his own brokerage company and working on franchising, the idea of franchising our business in other markets and, and started that process a year and a half ago. Um, this is a very long answer to your question, but when the Christie's opportunity came up, we saw the opportunity to take what we viewed as the, the best luxury brand, an incredibly internationally recognized brand, um, and couple that with with what we've created, which is uh, you know an entire platform for uh, both technology, marketing, business development, coaching, training, um, and and you know now a consumer-facing piece of that platform um, out uh, to the world, utilizing the Christie's name because you know at properties, if you're in the Midwest, we've got a very well-known brand name. Sure. 
But if you go to Albuquerque or to Washington State or what have you, people are going to say, at what? Um, they're, they're really not going to have any idea. So for us to take the Christie's brand, which is so powerful and so well-known, and then couple that with the, the foundation that we've built that, that they didn't have was a was a, just a, an opportunity of a lifetime for us because you know building an internationally recognized brand takes you know if not decades longer for us it's uh, you know it, it was a it was a quick way for us to really be able to accelerate our growth. What is sort of like I guess the end game there is there kind of like a point at which you might stop growing or is there kind of like an overall goal you have in in terms of how much of a national brokerage to become, like say, how many states do you want to be in? I don't know, for example. You know, for, for us, you know, for us, we've always sort of had the philosophy that if you're not growing, you're dying. Um, yeah. That, you know, without growth, um, you, you have, it's a hard, it's difficult to continue to create more opportunities to continue to evolve, provide more value, provide more service. For us, it's all about providing service to our agents and to our affiliates. They're our clients. And, you know, without growth, I think comes stagnation. So for a company, we're always looking to grow, but we're also always looking to grow the right way. Um, you're, you're never going to find us growing for the sake of growth. Uh, we mm-hmm. want to make sure that as we add uh, affiliates, um, as we continue to grow the, our, our core owned business, we're only going to do it with the right operators, with the right people and, and for the right opportunities. So, um, so for us, we do have aspirations to grow significantly nationally and internationally. We think the Christie's brand provides us with that opportunity um, where it's such a well-recognized brand and an attractive and aspirational brand. And if you take the, the, the again, the platform that we've created over time, um, you know, we, we're confident we have the best technology and the best solution for agents to be able to run their business and the best platform for an operator to take and, and grow a business. So for us, we do believe in growth. And, and if we saw that we could grow the New York brand ourselves, um, then we would have, um, you know, we, we would have just done it ourselves. But we felt like, you know, in a market where you have major competitors there, um, you know, national competitors and local competitors, um, the uh, the idea of, of us growing was going to be so overwhelmingly difficult that it would be much better for us to try to align with the right brand. Um, yeah. You know, in terms of selling the brand, you know, we were very, very cognizant of of where it went. Um, we would only do that with a with an independent brand, and you know, Berkshire, Brown Harris Stevens is the number one independent brand in New York. And mm-hmm. you know, having them having been a past affiliate and and a relationship with them, we know you know what a great company they are. So we felt like there was the right move for everybody there. But but you will see that we will continue to push growth both through our core organization and through the affiliate network uh, for the foreseeable future. And in terms of that growth, um, a couple of weeks ago, HomeSmart, um, the Arizona-based brokerage, I mean, they're, you know, pretty different maybe in their clients and, you know, their geographic area from app properties, but they're somewhat similar in size. And they filed an S1 with the Securities and Exchange Commission, so they may become a publicly traded company within this calendar year. Would app properties ever consider a public offering of stock? I mean, I guess you can never say never, but it is definitely not part of our foreseeable future plan. You know, if you if you take a look at um, the companies that are public or that have gone public, um, hasn't gone so well for a lot of them. You know, one of our competitors, uh, you know, Compass, Compass, obviously, stock has struggled a little bit over the last, uh, you know, since they went public. And the difficulty we see in being a public company is the, um, you know, the, the public market pressures 
that force you to make decisions that aren't necessarily in the best interest of the company long term. We don't feel that 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 a public offering is right now, at least, is is in the best interest of our uh, of our people. Um, you know, we feel like having more flexibility to to do the right thing long term as a part as opposed to worrying about your kind of each quarterly earnings report and what is it going to do to your stock and how are the shareholders going to react. It's a tough it's a tough road. If things are going great, everything's great, obviously. Yeah. But you know, when things are tough and 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 our business is a cyclical business. You know, real estate brokerage is an up and down business. You're going to have up years and you're going to have down years. And you have to learn to weather the down years. And you have to be okay with the fact that you're not going to have this constant this constant up, 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 uh, upward pressure for, for growth and, and growth of earnings. Um, you know, we're, you know, we end up being subject to, um, you know, market pressures. If, if the market volume is down 50% and, you know, we saw in the last downturn, the market from peak to trough and in, in Chicago anyway, dropped almost 70%, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have earnings pressure. And, um, you know, when, when we went through the last downturn as a private company, we weren't forced to make bad decisions. We weren't forced to cut things that we knew would hurt the company long term to satisfy, uh, you know, satisfy investors on a short term quarterly earnings type call. And, you know, if, if we felt like we didn't have access to the capital we needed to grow, you know, I guess we'd look at it, but we, we've never had that problem. We've always been able to, you know, we've made money um, consistently every year we've been in business. We've always been profitable. We've, you know, always continued to invest back in our company. We've created the best technology in the industry being a public, a private company. So we haven't felt that we've needed the, the public markets or the public money. And, um, you know, the being private to us gives us so much more flexibility to do, like I said, to make decisions that are better for the long term, not for the next quarter. So so yeah. for us, you know, going public makes sense for a lot of people. And like I said, you can never say never 10 years from now, maybe it's a different world and 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 it makes a lot of, uh, more sense. But for Fad and I, at least and, and our partnership and, and for our, our investors, um, it's not really even a consideration for us where, you know, we're focused on growing and using what we have. And like I said, fortunately, we continue to be very profitable so that we can take that money, invest it back in the company, invest in technology and growth and um, and continue to grow our market share, which is our ultimate goal. And and make sure that our agents and our affiliates are feeling like we're providing more value to them on a, on a constant basis. That's That's impressive that you've been profitable each year because I know many brokerages like Compass and even, you know, Realogy tend to I mean, Compass has always lost money and then Realogy is sort of up and down a bit. I mean, one one area that brokerages have gone into in order to become profitable or try to become profitable is is mortgage and App Properties has a partnership with Guaranteed Rate. And now I mean, Realogy has also had a partnership with Guaranteed Rate and now Compass has one as well. Could you talk a little bit about that partnership and sort of how big of a part is mortgage to app properties business and um you know what what do you expect with that partnership with guaranteed rate going forward yeah listen so ancillary services which are mortgage title in particular both of which businesses we're in um are very important to to our operation especially the larger companies have had ups and downs we've um you know as a private company i mean you know until 2018 it was really just uh bad me so um mm-hmm. You know, we we didn't have the capability to lose a lot of money and stay alive, so we had to manage the business very carefully, and we continue to manage with that same kind of philosophy that we have to make sure that the business can survive 
um, because it's what provides the opportunities for our employees, for our agents, for everybody. Um, you know, for uh, from our perspective, adding mortgage and title is critical because the there's tremendous margin pressure in our business and has been. Um, and a company like Compass that's come in and, as you noted, has never made money. Um, it, you know, and it has tried to basically grow top line revenue without a real regard, at least in the past, for bottom line revenue uh, is very difficult in our business when you're because it's a thin margin business. We're not we're not a business that's going to make 20, 30, 40 percent margins. Um, so you have to kind of manage it carefully. Adding in title and mortgage both are, are critical components because they provide additional revenue that allow us to make additional investments and continue to grow the company. Um, you know, with guaranteed rate, they were our, we started the comp- our companies about the same time. Um, my partner and I have been involved with guaranteed rate basically since they started and we started. They've been our preferred mortgage partner our entire career. Um, at our properties. And it was just the joint venture that we started with them was just a natural evolution of, of um, the relationship that we've had uh, as a business that, you know, we got to a point in a size where it made sense for us to have an actual company um, where we could monetize part of it and they could monetize part of it. So it's a very important part of our company and, and it's a part of our culture and the, the team that works with us, our loan officers and, and, and support team, really are part of our culture and a part of that, like everything else, you know, we, we view them as a critical, not just a partner, but a critical piece of the business and our title business, proper title is the same, same thing. Mm-hmm. It's a, you know, business we've, we've been involved in now for about eight years, nine years. And um, you know, it's an important additional piece of our business. Part of it is because we can provide uh, you know, a higher level of service to our clients to be able to provide them with a one-stop shop to provide mortgage title, as well as brokerage services, but, you know, and, and then it's also just a, a piece that creates additional revenue and some additional profitability for us to be able to invest back in the business for growth. And it, it, those pieces are, I think, more and more important now to brokerage companies as there continues to be more pressure on on margins. And how frequently the app properties clients like someone who does buy or sell a home with an app properties agent, how frequent is it that they then use proper title or maybe use guaranteed rate for their mortgage or your JV, I should say, for their mortgage? You know, it's, it's pretty frequent. I'd say about a third of our um, transactions um, are, are done through our title company. And that's a growing, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's a growing capture metric that, you know, we, we push. And it's, and again, no one's required to use either of them. Um, we want people to be attracted to use them because we provide a higher level of service. Um, and they're going to get basically more for their money. We're competitive from a price standpoint. But um, from a, you know, from a cohesiveness standpoint, and again, we've introduced a consumer facing piece to our technology that will allow a consumer to be able to manage their entire transaction. Um, and they'll only be able to do the mortgage and the title pieces through our, because it's a part of at properties through our, uh, our dashboard. So, mm-hmm. you know, the idea is making it cleaner and easier and quicker for, for a consumer um, more than anything else. We're, you know, obviously, ultimately, we're completely consumer focused. And, and then mortgage, you know, same thing. We're continuing to build our capture rate every year. I think our capture rate uh, grew by 20 or 25% last year. And, you know, that's a newer business. It's only been around for about a year and a half. So we've got a lot of runway there, but, you know, we're, we're looking to continue to aggressively grow that business so that we can continue to service our clients in the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really about providing the best service and the best product to our agents, our affiliates, and then the end users, the buyers and sellers out there in the world. Switching gears a couple uh, quick lightning round questions here at the end. Um, Omicron, uh, Chicago has had some of its highest caseloads the last couple of months, like daily caseloads. 
how is how is COVID and and this new variant af- affecting your pr- professional life, and how is it affecting your agents? Would you say? You know, I hate to say COVID was one of the best things to happen to our business, but yeah. the reality is, you know, COVID provided or created a different level of awareness for the importance of your home. COVID definitely, without a doubt, helped drive success in the real estate business. Not something we expected when we sat down last March, when all this, or two, two years ago in March, right, when right. all this hit. Uh, we definitely didn't think we were going to have a profitable year in, in 2020 when we first, when we when we hit that. But um but it has definitely not slowed us down. Uh, it definitely paused us, you know, when everything was locked down. But I think when we came out of that initial lockdown in June, we opened our offices back up. Um, you know, we found new and creative ways for us to uh, um, interact with and provide value and service to our agents and also for our agents to provide it to their clients, buyers and sellers. Um you know, Omicron was just another kind of uh, bump in the road for everyone. But again, it, it in no way slowed us down. We've just continued to try to evolve our offerings, create more digital solutions, more opportunities for people to see things um, without having to go and view the house the first time. Um, so if anything, it's just made us up our game, continue to find ways to provide, a, like I said, a different level of value, a different level of service. But it is in no way shut us down, slowed us down. And I, I think we're all hopeful um, that, you know, over the last week or two, we've started to see some really good signs that, uh, you know, we're coming uh, we're coming out of, particularly in Chicago, yeah. we're starting yeah. to come out of the Omicron um, wave. And, you know, if you read the things nationally, that there's, you know, there's a lot of hope and thought that, that maybe we move from a pandemic to an endemic um, right. uh, where we're just learning to kind of live with it like we live with the flu. And, um, you know, we manage it carefully and make sure people are safe. But, um, you know, can get back to a little bit more of a life of normalcy and um, we don't have to do all of these on Zoom anymore. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be great if we could have done this in, in, in person. Um, last question for you, kind of related. I mean, the real estate market was, as everyone has noted, extraordinary in 2021 with the level of demand. Um, do you see this continuing this year? Is there any reason that this would change? Um, you know, obviously, um, you know, one of the challenges is just going to be inventory. You know, it, it, as, I, as I said earlier, you know, we are in a cyclical business. So you have to realize that there, there's ups and downs. And if you look at market volume from 2019 to 2021, market volume in the in the Chicago MSA, the Northern Illinois, yeah. just look on the MLS, uh, was up 50 percent um, yeah. in terms of turnover. So that's not a sustainable growth pattern. Um, mm-hmm. So we do expect that we're going to see a pullback in volume. Um, 10%, 15%, is that out of the question? Not at all. And you know, we just need to continue to focus on, on our agents and our team to make sure that they're best positioned to capture and grow their business by you know, doubling down on their marketing and focusing on their clients and making sure that they're doing all the right things to, to distinguish themselves. But, you know, I, I do think, you know, if you ask me, is my, is my prediction we're going to have a bigger year in 2022 and 2021? I, I find that a little hard to believe just because mm-hmm. we had so much growth over two years. Um, I don't see the, the, the bottom falling out of the market. We're, we're in a much more, if you look back to 08, 09, when we really did yeah. see the bottom fall out, you know, we were oversupplied, overpriced, overleveraged, over everything. And we're kind of none of those things right now. The market's not oversupplied. If anything, you know, we're dying for new supply. Um, people are, you know, as, as low leveraged as they've maybe been historically. 
um, and it's just not overheated. Um, you know, the, the demand levels are still high. People still want to move. I think, if anything, we, we may struggle with some supply issues. Um, you know, we're, we, we are at relatively historic lows in terms of, you know, um, days on market. So, you know, they're basically mar- mar- uh, month supply of inventory, I think, is down at like, you know, less than two months, month and a half. Uh-huh. It's yeah. very low for us. I mean, in other markets, if you go into uh, California and some other areas where the markets literally get down to like days in terms of you know, yeah. uh, supply of inventory. We don't have that problem. You know, the, the good news about especially the Chicago and the Midwestern market is we, we don't see the highs and lows typically of some of the boom bust markets. Um, so it's a little bit more consistent, which makes our business a little bit more consistent. But, I, you know, without a doubt, I see some pressures this year on inventory and, and you know, and again, we're going to have cycles. We were actually in a cycle in, you know, 2018, 2019, we were down. We had, you know, you saw, um, you know, you saw transaction volume fall two years in a row. And then, um, you know, 2020, we were kind of in a little bit of a better place than COVID hit and then COVID ramped everything up. And then 21 was obviously, a, you know, a record year for, for um, most everybody in the real estate industry. So, it's um, but you you get again, you have to set your business up for the long term to manage through cycles and to manage through ups and downs, volume ups and downs and everything. So if you if you're only setting your business up for rapid, crazy growth, which, you know, I do think players have jumped into our world because, you know, real estate has been such a hot um, thing to be in over the last right. couple of years. It was you know, 2009, 10, it was a four letter word in a bad way. Um, and, you know, now, you know, over the last few years, everyone's jumping in. And I think people see the amount of volume that happens in our market, the dollars that flow through it, and they, you know, they they get big eyes and um and and they don't understand that it is very competitive in a lower margin business. So you as long as you manage your business carefully, you can weather through the storms. You just have to be very aware and uh and I think just generally very careful about how you manage it and not assume that the world's gonna constantly be going up because you know, as companies like Compass are seeing, you know, the pressures on their stock are, are you know, I think part and parcel to the fact that, you know, the market's seeing some cycles. And, you know, if, if you weren't making money in 2021 uh, in real estate, I'm not sure how you ever really will. Right. Um, but, um, you know, I, 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 you know, obviously we, we, we don't, we, we respect all of our competitors and, and, you know, we're all collaborative. So we, we root for them as well. And, you know, and just hope that they all kind of figure it out. But without a doubt, I think you have to have a very, different type of outlook on how you run your business than maybe other types of businesses, just because of the industry that we're in. Anything else that you wanted to talk about? Anything that's sort of on top of your mind right now? Well, I mean, I think I gave you some pretty wordy lengthy answers, so you're probably gonna have to cut me down as it is. (laughs) No, I think, you know, I just, I think recognizing the fact that, you know, we've been very, very fortunate um, to our business has been very fortunate. Uh, A lot of other businesses, um, you know, I feel tremendously for the hospitality industry and, other businesses that have suffered through COVID and a lot of the restrictions that have put been put in place. Um, and, you know, I hope that, uh, you know, as things ease up, those businesses are able to come back and, and um, you know, we're, we're kind of rooting for them. You know, we recognize how fortunate we've been and, you know, our goal is to continue to, you know, support our people, support our team and, and, you know, help, um, you know, help hopefully others that, that have needed help and, um, you know, we're we're looking forward to a little more normalcy and and in both in the world and the market. And um, I guess that's about it. Mike Golden of App Properties, thanks so much for your time. Matt, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking a few minutes with me and um, uh, wish you the best. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.